The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Stand to your feet, would you, with, for the reading of God's Word. Genesis 32. That sounds like a thunderstorm. <laughs> Genesis 32. Verse 24 says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go. For the day breaketh, and he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over. As he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Our Father, I pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word, for it is already blessed. As your vessel tonight, I pray that you cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. In me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I can offer these young people nothing that will change their lives for the good for eternity, but I know a God who can. So please use me. I pray, God, that you would do what you do like only you can. We are not here tonight to hear a sermon from a briefcase. We need a word from the Lord. Do it, God. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. Up the road near Washington, D.C., I pray that you would watch over my precious wife and my family while I'm gone. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Jacob from conception was a trickster. Even at birth, he grabbed the heel of his twin brother Esau, trying to get an advantage on him, if you would. Yeah, I'm talking about Jacob. He convinces his brother to sell his birthright for just some food. Food that would cure his hunger for just a little while. And he traded in his future for a long time. The birthright, his inheritance, the the birthright, his livelihood, the, the birthright, everything that was ahead of him in store He sold it for some food. This is not the message tonight, but God has an inheritance for you. He's got a plan. He's got a livelihood. He's got a blueprint. He made it. He wrote it before you were ever born. You're not here by chance. You're here by God's divine choosing. His hand has formed you and shaped you and molded you, each individual into one of a kind. He's ordained that at this juncture in time, you will fulfill your distinct purpose in eternity. I want to tell you, there's nobody else like you. God is thinking about you tonight, and I trust that you will not allow the devil or sin or the flesh or the world or something that looks really good on a silver platter that will cause you to sell out, sell out on your birthright. What God has for you is worth everything in all of the world. No question about it. 
Same Jacob. Now he's going to steal the blessing. He, he and his mom come together with this scheme, and the brother Esau is out in the field, and mama says, oh, lace your arms with hair so you can feel like your brother, and go in there and talk to your dad and make your voice sound right. And he goes in there, and he's not the firstborn, but his daddy thinks he is. A little suspicious at first, but he ends up giving Jacob the blessing that belongs to Esau. Esau comes back inside looking for the blessing. It's already gone. Now listen to me. Jacob is inside cooking with mama. Esau is working out in the field. Who you think going to win a fight? Yeah, you laughing. Jacob knew who'd win. He got out of there. Esau's hot. I'm going to kill him. As soon as daddy's dead, I'm going to kill him. His mother and he decide on him leaving and going away with her family. Esau ends up leaving, going his separate way. The brothers are separated, but they'll be reunited at some point. While away, Jacob ends up at a place that he names Bethel. God meets with him there. Confused, disillusioned, if you would. God reminds him, I got a plan for you. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to maintain my promises. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do something with your life, Jacob. I have a plan for you. Jacob names that place Bethel, that ladder that comes down from heaven, and God meets with him and speaks with him. Oh, what a special place Bethel was. I wonder if anybody's got a Bethel in your life today. At Padanaram, he meets Rachel. <laughs> He says what every guy says when he meets a pretty girl. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> Say, where is that in scripture? I'm preaching this message. Be quiet. <laughs> I don't know what your hubba hubba is, but if you, if you got good sense, you got something in your vocabulary that interprets hubba hubba in the Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to marry her. And so he's going to work seven years to do it because working for someone you love seems like nothing. And he does. And then after seven years, he comes to the wedding and he marries her. So he thinks, lifts up the veil, it ain't her. It's her sister. I'm glad I did not marry my wife's sister. I'm glad she's not here to hear me say that. Eventually, he gets Rachel. He works for her father, but even while he's with her father, he deceives Laban. Gets the good animals and gives Laban the bad animals. Ends up leaving, and Laban ends up pursuing after he finds out he's been finagled by his son-in-law. He makes a truce with Laban and keeps on going on. And now he's in chapter 32. Met by angels and going to be reminded that he and Esau are about to meet again. <laughs> it's been a long time since I got that birthright, a long time since I stole that blessing, and now I'm going to see my brother again. Surely he's been mulling over all that's happened. Bitterness is ringing up in his spirit. He's fully aware of what I did to him, and he's coming to see me. He could beat me then, and he can beat me now. Well, he starts sending some gifts to Esau. Cool. Surely this will appease him. A couple successive sets of gifts. How does Esau respond to those gifts? I'm coming to meet you with a band of several hundred men. Hmm, that didn't go well. He sends his family over the stream of the brook. And there he is. It's been a long time. 
He has lived a life of scheming, calculating, wiggling his way out of this and talking his way out of that, lying his way in and out of situations. And, and just about every predicament he's been in, he's been able to get out of because he's, Joseph, he's Jacob. He's a trickster. He's a schemer. He's a deceiver. He's a pretender. But not at Peniel. Because at Peniel, he's going to meet his match. At Peniel, somebody's going to show up that he can't fool. Somebody's going to show up he can't scheme. Somebody's going to show up he can't deceive. Somebody's going to show up he can't lie to. Somebody's going to show up that knows him better than he knows himself. At Peniel, he's going to meet God. He's going to change. His life is going to be transformed. He's, he's never, ever going to be the same when he gets to Peniel because at Peniel, he's going to come face to face with the creator of the universe, face to face with the king of kings and the Lord of lords, face to face with the omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, ever at the same time, immutable, unchangeable, eternal was, is, and is to come face to face with the great I am, the one who put the stars in place and the moon in space, the sun hanging on nothing and it never falls down, the one who took from the dust of the ground, formed man, breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He's not going to meet Muhammad at Peniel. He's not going to meet Big Buddha at Peniel. He's not going to meet Mary. He's not going to meet the Pope. He's not going to meet a cow that was once his grandmother. He is going to meet God. And there's no way he's getting out of there the same. So tonight, for just a few moments, I'm inviting you to Peniel. Don't worry about your suitcase that you brought to school. Don't, don't worry about all your plans to meet somebody. Don't worry about all your dreams and goals. I'm just saying stop where you are and let's go to Peniel. Because if we're going to enter this semester and get what God has for us, it's got to be more than about what you drew up on a napkin at Cracker Barrel. It's got to be more than what you planned five years ago. It's got to be more than the bridesmaid dresses that you have picked out and the person you've already spotted that's going to be your wife. You better hope God talks to her. See, 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 the 4,000 or so students and those that are gathered in here, the faculty alike, we need to go to Peniel tonight because we need to meet somebody who sees through our facades. We need to meet somebody who's not impressed with our reputation, somebody who's not overwhelmed by who we are on social media. We need to meet somebody who sees us for who we are. See, I'm telling you, I don't care if I sign another Bible, if I preach another meeting, if my picture is on another flyer. It's not about what people think about me, who follows me, or who thinks I'm all this and that. I want to get with God where he knows who I am and where I find out who I am and he transforms me into being what he wants me to be. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the end of the end times. Enough fake, enough phony, enough froth. The world has seen enough counterfeit. Somebody's got to get out in this crazy, dark, sin-sick world and put on the real deal and there's only one real deal. That's Jesus Christ. I'm asking you tonight, when's the last time you were face to face? with God. Notice Jacob's condition quickly. His condition, face to face with God, you're going to have to enter this condition with Jacob. Number one, he's afraid. Verse number 11, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. 
For sake of time, Jacob says, I'm scared. I'm scared. God, something has to happen. If I go into this situation the way I am, I'm not going to come out of it. He's going to kill me. He's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. He's angry. In other words, God, I must have a divine intervention if I am going to make it. I wonder if there's a boy or a girl, a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, a senior, a grad student tonight that says, if I go through this semester the way I came here, if I go through this whole school year the way that I went over break, if something doesn't happen, if Almighty God doesn't divinely intervene in my life this week, I ain't going to make it. You ought to be afraid to stay the way you are. He's alone, verse 24, alone. No, you can't take your girlfriend to Penny, or you can't take your friend to Penny, or you can't take your boss to Penny, or you can't take your mama, you can't take your daddy. You can't even take Dr. Atkins with you to Penny. <laughs> Solo. Can you help it? Most people don't really like to face God alone. It's too awkward. It's too scary. It's too intimidating. I've known teenagers, they can't go to the altar unless it's about six of them. You going to the altar? You going? I ain't going. I ain't going either. See, it's hard to be around somebody you don't know too well. Hey, Jacob, come meet me by yourself. Peniel's afraid he's alone. He's away. He's out of his comfort zone. He's so used to being in control. He's got money. He's got servants. He's, he's got kids. Not like Peniel. It's not set up for him at Peniel. It's not convenient for him at Peniel. It's not the way he likes it. Maybe God wants to inconvenience you this semester. Some of you, I would say, thank you for coming to Pensacola Christian College, but that would be crazy for me to say it because you came against your will. You feel out of place. There's a secular college you'd rather be at. There's a bed at home you'd rather be sleeping in. There's a mom who cooks. You'd rather have her than the four winds. <laughs> and you're going, I don't like this. Maybe that's the best place for you to be. Number two, the conflict. <laughs> His condition, now watch the conflict. They wrestle the man with him. <laughs> there's a fight. <laughs> what do you mean, preacher? I mean, there's a fight. I mean, there's a knockdown, drag out fight. You say, why is there a fight? Well, God's there and Jacob's there. I'll tell you why there's a fight. God is holy. Somebody say, God is holy. God is holy. Come on, say it again. God is holy. That's, that's for real. Well, I'll tell you why there's a fight. Jacob is not holy. And there's going to be a fight with you and me and God. He's right, we're wrong. He's righteous, we're unrighteous. He's sinless, we're sinful. He's perfect, we're imperfect. He's faultless, we're flawed. You can't put two people like that together and there not be a fight. There's a fight. Notice in this fight that Jacob is relentless. He's not giving up. The Bible says, verse number 25, when he saw, speaking of God, saw that he prevailed not against him, speaking of Jacob. In other words, let me break it down into my vernacular. God looks at Jacob and says, this guy is not giving up. Like he's really trying to fight me. Are you like me sometimes? You look at your Bible and you're trying to yell into your Bible at the characters like, man, don't do that. <laughs> Jonah, 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 go to Nineveh, boy. Go to Nineveh. 
Judas, 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 don't, Judas, don't take that silver. Judas, don't take, Judas, it ain't going to end. Judas, you're going to hang yourself. Judas. <laughs> Sapphira, Sapphira, tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Tell him how much money y'all get. Sapphira, don't say y'all get. Sapphira, Sapphira, bam. I told you, Sapphira. <laughs> <laughs> don't fight, Jacob. Don't fight, don't fight. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Sometimes we get so pharisaical, so sanctimonious, so, 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 so better than thou, so holier than thou. We look at Jacob, don't fight God. You're not going to win. You're not, you dumb it. Do you really think you're going to fight God? Listen, quit talking about Jacob. Right? Look in the mirror. You fighting God? Well, I'm sitting at Pensacola Christian College. I couldn't be fighting God. Let me tell you something. Some of the biggest fighters of God are sitting at Christian College. You fighting God? You fighting God about your Bible reading, fighting God about your relationship? Did you, did you leave somebody back home that's a girlfriend that shouldn't have been the girlfriend while you were there and definitely shouldn't be while you're here? Stop telling Jacob to stop fighting God. Look in the mirror. You stop fighting God. How ridiculous it is for Jacob to think he's going to beat God. How ridiculous it is for you or I to think the same thing. Nobody ever beat God and you're not going to be the first. He bucked God's way, so what happened? God broke his will. He touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh. Can you imagine how hard Jacob was wrestling to try to fight God and how easy it was for Jacob to get stopped by God? Here's Jacob just clawing and fighting, trying to fight God, and God stops him by touching his thigh. What takes all of you to fight God takes no effort for God to break you. And he began to work. See, a penny of your will gets broken. Maybe tonight God will break the will. Maybe tonight will be the start of somebody in months finally listening to the Holy Spirit of God. The Word of God actually penetrated, being sharpened than any two edges. Maybe somebody's going to go to the altar on the very first opening convocation. You ain't been in the altar so long. Maybe God took you over Christmas break and didn't give you the best Christmas break because you left school before Christmas break with a will that was so stubborn that God couldn't do anything. Maybe God has broken your will so he can it's the conflict, it's the condition. Notice number three, the call. God's going to leave now. He said, let me go, verse 26. This is God talking to Jacob. Let me go. I'm gone. The day breaking, the sun's coming out. I'm out of here. Let me go. Listen to Jacob's response. I will not. Whew. You want to talk about desperation. I'm out of here, Jacob. No, you're not. You can't leave. You can't leave. Is there anybody in the building tonight so desperate for God that says, God, you can't leave. You can't leave until you do something to me. You can't leave until you, I can't speak for the rest of the 4,400 people in this building tonight. But I know one thing, God, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mama, not my preacher, not my friend, not my doctor, not my lawyer. I need you to change me. I need you to fix me. I need a better, I need a better semester. I need better Bible reading. I need a better prayer life. I need a better gospel witness testimony. I need something to happen. I need something to happen in my heart. And God, you can't leave. I want to watch the game. I want to meet people. I want to get some rest. I want to have fun. I want to go out and, and find some ice cream. But God, that's not my biggest need. I need you. Somebody's got to get desperate tonight. Determine and direct. Except thou bless me. I hope that when the service is over, somebody's moved enough to say, God, you can't leave till you bless me. Except thou bless me. What is he saying? What I need, I can't get anywhere else, God. Can I tell you something? What you need from God, you can't get anywhere else. I told my wife, I think, I think we have stock in Amazon. 
because they come into my house every day. They come to my house every day. She even has a little cart out there with snacks. Please enjoy the snacks that we've made for you. Well, yeah. And I look at them on the camera. They enjoy the snacks, sometimes three and four at a time. Can I tell you what you need from God tonight? Amazon can't deliver. What you need from God, Walmart can't sell. I used to not want to send my wife into Walmart. I said, honey, you can't go. Yes, let me go. Honey, you can't go. Yes, let me go. Why can't I go? Because you may never come back. <laughs> now she tells me it's not Walmart, it's Target. Walmart is a store. She says, Target is an experience. <laughs> I said, they all get on my nerves. I've never seen peace on the shelf at Walmart. Joy at Target. See, what you need, Walmart doesn't sell. What you need, Target doesn't sell. What, what you need, Amazon doesn't sell. What you need, Oprah's never heard of. What you need, Dr. Phil can't help you with. You got to get it from God. Number four, and I'm done to change. Oh, you want me to bless you? Verse 27, and he said to him, what is thy name? This is God talking to him. What is your name? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> I know my name, Kenny. But this is a big question, students. Because when God looks at Jacob and says, what is your name? In so many words, he's saying to me, lie to me like you did your daddy. Try to trick me like you did your brother. Try to steal from me like you did your brother-in-law. My name's not Isaac. My name's not Esau. My name's not, not Laban. My name's Jehovah. Try me. Tonight, Ash, what's your name? Not on, not, no, not, not on the student handbook, not, not on your class schedule, not on your seat assignment. What is your name? Who are you? Who are you that nobody knows? Who are you, young man? Pornography watcher? Who are you, profanity user? Who are you, wrong music listener? Who are you, rebellious child? Who, who are you? off-campus rule violator. See, quit telling God you want him to change you until you're first willing to admit who you are already. What's your name? You haven't told your daddy. You haven't told your brother. You haven't told your brother-in-law, your, your father-in-law. Jacob, you've been lying everywhere you go. Now you've met your match. What is your name? Listen to him say. Jacob, liar, cheater. Supplanter, deceiver. Tonight, tonight, opening meetings, opening convocation starts with this question. What's your name? You got to tell God who you are. See, it starts with truth. See what happens when you give God truth, then God gives you transformation. It's almost like God says, oh, your name is Jacob? Not anymore. Somebody say amen that God's in the name changing business. Said he's in the business of changing names. And tonight, God wants to take one of you students and change your name, transform your life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Maybe you're here tonight on your way to a devil's hell. You're in Bible college. You're listening to chapel messages. You're going to go through Bible class all semester long, but you've never accepted God as your Lord and Savior through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, Jesus can change your name tonight. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. For by grace are you saved through faith in that now yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall 
shall be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I'm not a way. I'm not a good choice. I'm not one of the options. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. I'm glad it doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, white, or a mixture of all four colors. He can change your name. Transformation. And he can change your life. He can change your lifestyle. Truth, transformation, and testimony. No more Jacob, Israel. And he halted upon his thigh. He limped for the rest of his life. Hmm. The limp is a reminder. If you're not careful, the limp will get on your nerves. Oh, I'm so sick of this leg. I'm so sick of this leg. I wish my leg would work better. Instead of complaining about limping, you better be glad you still got a leg. It's a testimony. It's a reminder. God has taken some of you through a process that has you limping. Hey, the next time you're complaining about what your circumstances have done in your life, consider yourself blessed that you actually fought God and lived to talk about it. Are you ready? We can have meetings for the whole semester. We can have meetings all year long. That means nothing. Unless we meet with God. Tonight, I'm asking you, will you go face to face with God? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.